morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, August 30th, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 90, and we are reading the first two paragraphs, and we'll be commenting on both. The reference numbers for yesterday's 7 a.m., 10361, and for yesterday's 10 a.m., 10363. Today's readers are Tracy B. on the 12 Traditions, excuse me, Tracy B. on the 12 Steps, Naomi B. on the 12 Traditions. Our readers are Nadia B., Mary B., and Leslie W. And Craig F. will be our newcomer greeter. OA's Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, Idea, excuse me, ideology or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive eating is to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of, over, of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. More, you're cutting in and out. Can you adjust your mic, please? Okay. Um, let me go ahead and ask Tracy B. to please read our 12 steps, and I'll correct. This is Tracy B. from Pennsylvania. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy B. And Naomi B., would you please read the 12 traditions? 
Yes, thank you. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. The 12 Traditions, 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. Our group purpose, excuse me, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted service. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. These problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issue, hence the OA name ought never or never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you. And thank you to Melanie for stepping in while I was playing with uh, telephonic challenges. So um, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book, and we are on page 90, and we'll be reading the first two paragraphs, starting with when you discover a prospect and ending with if the tables were turned. And I will now ask... Um, Miss Nadia B. to get us started. Good morning, Nadia. Good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service. This is Nadia B., grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in Connecticut. When you discover a prospect for Alcoholics Anonymous, find out all you can about him. If he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste time trying to persuade him. You may spoil a later opportunity. This 
Advice is given for his family also. They should be patient, realizing they are dealing with a sick person. If there is any indication that he wants to stop, have a good talk with the person most interested in him, usually his wife. Get an idea of his behavior, his problems, his background, the seriousness of his condition, and his religious learnings. You need this information to put yourself in his place, to see how you would like him to approach you if the tables were turned. Um, so uh, find out all about him when, when you discover someone. And for me, you know, through um, sponsoring, I uh, realized, you know, um, that... And I'm going to actually start with the last paragraph. How would you like him to approach you if the tables were turned? But you see, the tables were turned already. And I'm here, I'm recovered. Um, and I know what was done to me. I've had great examples. I have uh, my sponsor that um, I can, uh, you know, refer to. Um, and most of us come here very sick. And so I listen. Um, and what do I listen for? This book is teaching me. I listen to um, if he wants to recover. Um, and it teaches me also if he doesn't want to stop, uh, I can't be useful here. That's my only aim. That's the only uh, thing that I'm doing here. That's my uh, motive here. I want to be useful today because uh, I am recovered. Uh, I have had that spiritual awakening that puts that desire in my heart. Um, and if, you know, if I can't be useful here, I don't have the power to convince anyone that anyone needs to recover. Um, and so I look for, you know, when I'm listening, I'm, I'm trying to ask questions or listen to what this book is teaching me to listen for, you know, to listen for someone's background and the seriousness of their illness, their condition, their l religious learning, because I'm going to need it. You need this information to put yourself in his place, to see how I can be useful. Um, and, you know, so I, I just want to conclude. Um, for me, I loved to talk about myself um, at the very beginning. And today I am getting um, a new skill. I'm learning to listen. I'm learning to listen to others to my higher power better uh, because I have a new employer. I have my job is not to persuade anyone um, that they are compulsive overeater like me or tell them they need to recovery or this program. My job is um, to be useful um, because that's the only thing that um, cures my sickness. And I have to understand that, um, you know, I am still a sick person. And this usefulness is um, something I need and, and pray for myself every day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nadia B. Okay. So 
Let's see who wants to share this morning on these two paragraphs. And please give me your Larry. Larry K. Nessa R. Mary B. Mary Charles H. Vasa O. Charles H. Vasa O. There was someone in the beginning. Nessa R. Nessa R. There you go. Nessa R. Nessa R. Anyone else? Reva P. Barbara E. Okay, let's stop there. And this is who I have. Larry K., Mary B., Charles H., Vasa O., Nessa R., Reva P., Barbara E. Larry, would you get us started this morning? Sure. I'll get us started. Can you hear me all right? I can. Thank you. Okay. Oh, thank you for your service. Larry K., recovered compulsive <laughs> reader from Chicago. Um, so I'll, I'll just focus in on, <clears throat> on, the, on the statement. Um, uh, if he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste time trying to persuade him. Um, you know, that, that, that was a lesson, you know, that I had to learn for a long time because, um, it, or rather it took me a long time to learn that lesson because really what I wanted to do was I had been given this reprieve by the, by the grace of, of my higher power, and I, I wanted to go about carrying this message. And I think I was really set on, on you know, persuading people that if someone would show up in my, in my midst and, and said they want help, I would presume that they were willing to go to any lengths to get this thing. And, and what I learned over time, and perhaps you've learned the same, is not everyone, you know, people come here in great pain. And I do believe that God comes to us through our wounds. But at the same time, not everyone is ready to go to any lengths. I think that's the key. And for me, it comes down to actions. Words, listen, I want to be compassionate so that anybody who calls me, I want to be compassionate. I want to empathize. I want to hear what they have to say. But really, when it comes right down to it, it's the actions they're willing to take or are unwilling to take. And oftentimes, when you're in pain, you sound ready. I know I did, as I had eight sponsors in the first five years. I can assure you that with every single sponsor, until I was willing to go to any lengths, I told them my story. And I was ready. And I knew everything that I needed to do. And I really wanted to persuade them to take me on, because somehow I thought that they were the one that would get me abstinent. That would get, and, you know, abstinence, that's the ticket in the door. That's the ticket to the dance. We are powerless, but we are not helpless. If you're willing to go to any lengths, you're going to put your food down 100%. If you're not willing, your actions will show that you're not willing to do that. Then that's why we say we have to move through the steps like your hair is on fire, right? We have to move through it very, very quickly because we have to get you out on the other side here. And I say, we, your higher power will do that. The only actions that you take is putting your food down, embarking on this practical program of action. And when you do that, then the obsession could be lifted and you will begin to go through this transformative experience. But if you're not ready, I, I need to move on to help someone else uh, who is ready. And that's probably the most compassionate thing I can do. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Impeccable timing, Larry. Thank you. Okay, Mary B., it is your turn, followed by Charles H. Thank you, Maura. 
Thank you, and thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Mary B., compulsive eater, food addict, gratefully recovered in Central California. And I'm going to share on getting all the information because I don't speak to the family of a uh, uh, prospective sponsee. I don't think many of us in OA do. But I have a notebook. I learned to keep a notebook. (laughs) And when I start with a new sponsee, I get all the information I can and write it down because my memory is not that good. And I'll get um, information about their family and, uh, yes, their weight and what food plan they're following and even the programs that they've been in in the past. Whatever information is pertinent, I write it down. And that has helped me a lot. And a lesson I have learned, sometimes when that sponsee leaves for whatever reason without completing the steps with me, I used to tear the paper out and toss it away. Well, I don't do that anymore because very often that person will call back (laughs) and start again because if they've left the program, the great convincer, food itself, will get them and they come back. And um, I wanted to say something, if I can just take a moment to the person who finishes going through the steps with the sponsor in vision and will say, I don't think I'm ready to sponsor. I don't know how. And in my mind, it is so simple in this program. I, when I completed the steps, I just did what my sponsor did. I would take on a sponsee and go through doing exactly the same thing. Now, of course, I change it up a lot. I change it sometimes depending on the person that I'm working with. My own experience and knowledge in the program will come in. But for the most part, I take the person through exactly the way my sponsor took me through. It worked. So why not work it? And uh, even when someone in my face-to-face meeting will ask me to sponsor them, And I say, yes, but this is how I sponsor. And I explain the vision for you way of going through the big book. And if they're willing to do that, I work with them. But this is so simple. And somebody yesterday shared my favorite analogy of the Dead Sea. It is so important to, when you are asked to say Yes, I'll be glad to help you. Thank you for the opportunity to share, and I look forward to hearing the rest of the shares this morning. And yes, I have my ticket to fly. I look forward to seeing you all next month. Thank you, Mary B. Charles H., it's your turn, followed by Vasa O. Thank you very much. Charles H., a recovered compulsive over here. Find out all you can about him. You need this information to put yourself in his place, to see how you would like to, like him to approach you if the tables were turned. I'm going to tell you one thing. One thing about them tables, they always turn. Bet that in one way or another. Um, Charles H. will recover compulsive overeater. Um, 
You know, only God has all the information. So if I'm rambling off as soon as I talk to a prospect, then I'm playing God. And that we we already know that don't work. So um this the, the the potential prospect has a lot to say and I and I and I need to put my big ears on because if I don't listen, I may be talking to someone that, that is not persuaded and if they're not persuaded, it's a dub. Like you're just wasting time. Um I may be talking to a hard eater. I may be talking to somebody that wanna fit into a wedding dress and they're good. I need to talk to a real compulsive overeater that's desperate. Um, if they're not desperate, they ain't going to embark on this 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 program of action because it's a lot. And and when I listen, when I listen with my big ears, I hear a lot of stuff. I hear some good stuff. I've been through the steps. I, I've studied the text. Um, but sometimes it takes. Sometimes people tell on themselves. You know. I haven't done 10 steps, but, I, you know, I've done 11s and 12. You know what I mean? Like, you hear a lot of stuff. But if I interject without getting the information, it's going to be a dub. It ain't, it ain't, you know, I'm not going to – I need to know. And, and, and I'm going to tell you this. When I work with people, we may have the same type of belief system, but I, that ain't my business to tell you because that will get me off track. I just want to embark on these 12 steps and impress upon them that they must do likewise with still others. This has become the rapidly growing fellowship. This man and over 100 million have recovered. But, it, you know, but if I'm not carrying this message and we're recovering and not carrying this message, the dishonesty, the self-centeredness, the egotism has not left the building yet. And it needs to leave the building so that this fellowship can grow and so that people can recover. So whether you're scared or not, whether I'm scared or not, I need to grow and evolve and try to help others. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Vasa O, it's your turn, followed by Nessa R. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Maura, for your service. And I'm Vasa, grateful, recovering, compulsive over Ida. Or recovery compulsory that calling for Foxborough, Massachusetts. This is a really re- good reading. It's the 12th uh, step. It's a reminder for me when I'm working with somebody else, what I need to do, go, what I need to do is come back to the 12th step and read, follow the directions, and do the best of my abilities to bring, to carry the message to another compulsive overeater. And again, for me, uh, I had the gift of desperation, and I was ready and I was willing to put the food down because I didn't want to die. And although when I heard it was a gift, I was say, no, this is not a gift. This is a torture for me to put, to put certain foods down that I loved and I enjoyed eating them over my lifetime. But then I heard, you know, about the allergy and uh, the obsession of the mind and the doctor's opinion, and I said, I got to I gotta do what these people are telling me to do because I'm just going to die. So it is, by the grace of God, I became abstinent right away from the beginning. I'm not saying it was easy. I wanted to throw myself on the floor and, and roll like a little baby. I wanted my drug, which I didn't understand 
food was addi- was addiction till I came to my sponsor. You know, she 12-stepped me for about a week before she took me to my first meeting. I was terrified. I was really terrified. I was terrified of God. I was terrified of putting the food down. I was terrified of coming to the program. And But again, she came with me to the meetings, you know, till I felt, started feeling a little bit more comfortable and I met a couple other people and then I could go by myself because she was also in an AA person too. And uh, so how I carry other people, you know, through the steps, I do the best that I can at the beginning. I, I wanted to bring everybody into OA, the people that wanted to come, my friends, relatives. I wanted to get up on top of the roof of my house and tell them about the good news that Vasa found. Well, see, I was ready. If I, maybe if somebody came to me six months or a year before I was introduced to Overeaters Anonymous, I might not have been ready. And then now I needed to be more gentle with people. And if they're not ready, I spend a lot of time and energy with people that didn't want to work the program. And I, again, listen and follow what the direction is saying. I don't waste my time. I just say, this is what I do. You're welcome to come to a meeting, and you can find all about it. Or listen to a meeting, vision for you. It doesn't cost anything. You can do it from your own home. You don't have to have no excuses any longer. Thank you, and I'm so grateful to be here with all of you today for doing service. And I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Nessa R., it is your turn, followed by Reva P. Thank you. Good morning. This is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So we often say that Step 12 is um, carrying the message, but the actual wording in Step 12 is we try to carry the message because to successfully carry the message, there has to be two willing participants, one to transmit the message and the other one to receive the message. But, you know, if there's nobody to receive the message, then the message isn't carried. And that's why it says we try to carry the message. And, you know, sadly, I have met many people outside of the rooms and inside of the rooms, even more sadly, um, who want what I have, but are not willing to do what I do. Um, And that is the crux of the matter, you know, Um, as we discussed in yesterday's meeting. You know, it's not my job to convince anybody that they are a compulsive overeater, and it's not my job to convince them that they need this program and they have to do it the way I did it. You know, that is their job. You know, if somebody comes into the room or approaches me and they scoff, um, you know, there's nothing I can do. There's absolutely nothing I can do. Willingness is a a one-man job. you know, my job simply is to try to carry the message. And as long as I'm putting myself out there trying to be of service, as long as I'm making myself available to sponsor as many people as I have time to, then I'm doing what is required of me and I am um, attaining immunity from, from, from a relapse. Um, and that's what this is all about. You know, I, I need to try to carry the message because... It is important for my own recovery. My recovery is my responsibility. Somebody else's recovery it is, is their responsibility. When, when I start caring about a sponsee's recovery more than they care about it, there's a problem. There is a problem. I, you know, 
I, I can't make anybody abstinent. I cannot make anybody wanted. Um, all I can do is transmit what has been freely given me. Um, and, you know, that's, that's why the wording in, in step 12 says we try to carry the message. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Reva P., it is your turn, followed by Barbara E. Good morning. It's Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, also from Toronto. Um, I wanted to share on something similar. I noticed that there are two ifs in these two paragraphs, which reminds me that in my enthusiasm to carry the message, um, sometimes, you know, when I used to see a new person, I'd be so enthusiastic and, and want to, you know, give them everything that I had learned. And it reminds me to pause um, and listen and how important that is. Um, and these two ifs really help me be much more effective and efficient in the 12-step work that I do um, because it reminds me we are given the dignity of choice. I don't have to do this and nobody else has to do this. I do this because I was desperate, I was dying, and I could not go on living life the way it was. Um, and that's where I needed to be, to be willing to go to any lengths to do this footwork and put down uh, my binge foods. Um, and I can't give that to anyone. Like it was shared, willingness is a one-person job. And when it comes to persuading, it's the disease um, and the food that persuades me, um, nothing else. You know, nobody could have said anything before I was at my bottom that would have convinced me to do this. Um, so I need to remember that. Um, and I also like this business, if he does not want to stop drinking, it reminds me, it's not just, you know, when I listen, when I listen to what the person is saying, you know, is somebody just here for the diet? Um, and as was shared, are they a real compulsive overeater? But if somebody just wants to lose weight, this is not the program uh, because it involves a lot more than just putting down the food. There's the rest of the steps to be done. Um, so just a reminder, you know, not to jump in with all my enthusiasm so that I can be effective to carry the message to the people who not only need it, who not only want it, but are willing to do the work and the actions definitely speak louder than what anybody says. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Barbara E., it is your turn. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey. Um, happy Wednesday to you. Working with others is what this program is all about. I put my hand in yours, and together we can do what we could never do alone. I'm an isolationist. When I'm into the food, I close the, the blinds. I don't answer the phone. I don't go to a meeting. I need to put my hand in yours. This program is not a once-in-a-while thing. It's an everyday commitment. Abstinence is for the fat downstairs, but the 12 steps are for the fat upstairs. But first, they have to be willing Opportunity dances with those who are on the dance floor. So when someone comes to me and asks me to work with them, I, I listen. I listen to their history. I wait for that feeling in my gut that says yes or not yet. Um, 
I don't waste time. If someone is not willing to put down the food one day at a time and get clean, and we go through the big book. I don't preach. I give a bit of my journey. I find out as much as I can about it. I suggest they go to meetings. I have taken people to meetings at times. I found for myself personally that if I give the website and they make the effort to go to the meetings on their own, they're more likely to stick to the program. Again, I put my hand in yours, and together we can do what we can never do alone. Can't wait for September 15th. So excited. Excited to be here every single day. Have a blessed day, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Okay. Well, let's get ready for the next round. Lisa Who B. Lisa B. Julie, Julie S. Barbara B. Melissa, Melissa Julie S. Barbara B. Hang on. Barbara B. Go ahead. Leah S. Melissa C. Melissa C. Leslie W. Tina S. Leslie W. Tina S. I don't know if we're going to get to you, but we'll stop there. Okay, this is who I have. Lisa B. Julie S. Barbara B. Leah S. Melissa C. Leslie W. And Tina S. Lisa B., would you get us started, please? Good morning. This is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and thank you for your service. The line that speaks to me is, they should be patient, realizing they are dealing with a sick person. When I introduced myself as a newcomer on A Vision for You, I was bombarded with phone calls. And I remember coming in the house with groceries and saying to my husband, I think I may have made a mistake in introducing myself. I had so many phone calls. I was really overwhelmed. And you have to realize I was off of sugar, but I wasn't off of all my other alcoholic foods. And I was very sick emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. But I didn't know how sick I was. And then another call came, and she was so kind. And it soon was to become my sponsor. But what I noticed about her was her kindness when she spoke to me, and she sensed that I was overwhelmed. And I said, could I possibly call you another time? And she said, call me whenever you want. And I just loved that. It immediately took the pressure off of me. So I did call her back that evening because I sensed there wasn't any pressure. And this is what I noticed about her. She was properly armed with the facts about herself and this illness. She had the message of depth and weight. And the way she carried it to me was telling me about herself. She talked about herself and her experience with food. And I thought, wow, this is a person that I hear joy, I hear confidence, and I hear freedom. She had only been in 12-step programs for maybe four years. I had been around 12-step programs for 30 years. And I heard a level of recoveredness, which I had not ever heard. I heard a message of the problem and the solution. But it was really by her conveying it through her own experience. And she drew me to her. I was attracted to what she had. And I asked her what I could do to um, get started. She wasn't available to work with me. And she encouraged me to ask other people that could possibly work with me. And um, there wasn't. I just asked and I asked and people weren't available or, or someone sounded 
you know, too domineering and too controlling. And I did not want that. I didn't want that. I was afraid of that. I had a mother like that. I didn't want to have another experience of that. The other thing I wanted to share with you that I find in working with others is people have been really traumatized by rigid um, experiences in in other fellowships. And they're so afraid. They're so afraid. And um, that's why I need to be patient and be willing to listen to them. So I just wanted to share that. I passed. Thank you, Lisa B. Julie S., it's your turn, followed by Barbara. Hi. Hi, sorry. (laughs) Good morning. This is Julie S. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Hi, this is Julie S. from Florida. Um, Thank you so much for your service, and thank you for this opportunity to share on the line. Uh, I don't share all that much, so I'm a little nervous. But um, what I wanted to share about is from the sponsee's perspective, just for because I wish I had heard some of this when I was looking for a sponsor. Um, you know, it's. Um, I think my experience is a little tricky getting a sponsor. I had some um, certain only certain times of day because of my job and 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 so forth. But I was really willing and I was really desperate. And I think that what was so helpful for me in speaking to people and trying to find someone to work with was reading this line here. You um, find out all you can about him, and then you need this information to put yourself in his place to see how you would like him to approach you if the tables were turned. Even though I was approaching sponsors, just the fact that, that finding someone who would listen to what my experience in OA and my struggles with the food and my history have, have been was the most important factor for me. Um, I think that there, and, and, and I'm speaking to anyone else on the line who is struggling with, with this, you know, how do I know I have the right sponsor? How do, you know, who should I call? You know, I think that, um, I mean, it's just been my experience that, that um, a recovered person is not always the appropriate sponsor. And a sponsor isn't, you know, the answer to, to getting recovered is just a guy, but I think it's important to find someone who actually will listen to your story and, you know, work with you in a way that, that will help out the most. It's not always just a recovered person. It's someone who will take the time to listen and understand my experience and see if it's a good fit. And um, I just didn't know that at the beginning. I just thought, you know, I just have to find someone who's willing to work with me. And um, anyway, thank you so much for the opportunity to share, and have a great day. And I pass. Thank you, Julie S. Barbara B., it's your turn, followed by Leah S. Thank you. This is Barbara B., Recovered Composable Reader in Massachusetts. Um, I'm looking at if he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste time trying to persuade him. And looking at the directions here and working with others, I can think back to how it took me a long time to come to realize the wisdom in that because I wanted to be the great persuader and I wanted to hound people. I wanted to shout it, you know, this is the bandwagon, come on, get on. And that's what I tried to do and it didn't work. And when I look at it now, I see, you know, I really, what I really wanted to do was just save them and be the great savior and isn't that a great ego trip to go on? That certainly does ease God out. And so, uh, and I also am looking at that principle of very often the more we try to pursue, to persuade people, the more they distance. 
and that is a that was always a great tragedy and then it was always a great you know thing i had to consider do i call again do i try to chase her um you know what do i what do i do and to let go and let god uh, for me is a great is a great lesson that's learned here to really put them in the hands of god because i feel that what i was trying to do was really battle food and Food is, you know, I'm no match for the power of food. And so that was in play, too. So I now feel that um, I'm ready to share my experience, my strength, my hope, the wisdom of the program, whatever the experience is, but I don't chase people. And I really sometimes want to. I just want to share it with them. I want to chase them. And God help me, I say, not to do that. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara B. And um, before I ask Leah for her turn, I just wanted to let everyone know if they have arrived late at the meeting, we're on page 90 and we're reading the first two paragraphs. And so with that, Leah S., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Thank you so much. This is Leah S., back in Brooklyn, New York, and a recovered compulsive overreader. Um don't waste time. How do I know what is wasting time? What does it mean, waste time? Uh, we have a, a, a set of morals, and if, if we, we, can, we can go by those morals, then, then probably we know how to give the uh, program over to others. But this is a spiritual program, and the road to recovery for mine and for others is the crushing of self and if i if i can be humble and have that spirituality in mind when i take on that sponsee i have um empathy and um then i just leave it up to god to guide me and to know what is right and what is wrong and whose job is what. Do I run the show? No, I don't. Not even with my sponsees. I need to listen. I need to listen and have empathy and have the spirituality right there so that I can know uh, the way that I have done it or if I can or cannot um, go into their situation to be able to guide them right. And um, in the promises, we are told that we will find the intuitiveness of um, our whole attitudes will change, and they will come. These these um, intuitions, they will come, and they will guide us. But it will not happen without that spirituality. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah S. Melissa C., it is your turn, followed by Leslie W. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Um, thank you, Maura. And, um, you know, um, like we're dealing with a sick person. You know, so it says be patient. Um, you know, treat them with kindness and love. Um, 
for me, it's model the living that I'm professing is so great. You know, if if being a recovered um, person is like this wonderful, great thing, um, be a representative of that, you know. Um, and that means like be, be loving and kind. Like that's this whole thing. So, you know, I, I know like when we're sick, what we don't need, you know, is like guilt and anger. What we don't need is harshness and rejection. And, um, you know, professionally, I'm a teacher. And so, so much of my work with like professionally with young kids is motivating them. You know, how do you get a kid interested? How do you get them hooked? And, um, you know, here we have the great motivator. Like I don't have to necessarily do that. I have the disease. Um, sometimes it means I have to get out of the way and let the motivation occur, but continue to be here as a representative of what a recovered person is like. And, you know, um, something that strikes me, like when I'm dealing with people um, who are sick like me, um, I didn't get this right off the bat. I didn't become abstinent and remain abstinent without any bumps in the road. And most of us, that was our experience that we fell, you know, we did not get it completely because we needed more motivation. We needed the disease to do the convincing that this um, way of life was necessary for us. We needed more than, I needed more than a diet. And, um, you know, and so like, I think about what on page 35, when we read about Jim, who got drunk half a dozen times in rapid succession. You know, it says, I have directions here as a sponsor because it says um, we didn't drop him. He wasn't dropped. He wasn't told, sorry, you got drunk. Um, You're going to have to find someone else to work with. It was on each occasion we worked with him, reviewing carefully what had happened. And so, you know, oftentimes when people I'm working with, when unfortunately they pick up, um, they feel so guilty they almost don't want to talk to me. And my role as a sponsor is to not add on any guilt. If they are willing to do the work, to look at it again, I know that they're powerless to this, to the, to this disease. And my role is to work with them, help them, you know, guide them. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C., Leslie W., it's your turn, followed by Tina S. Thank you. This is Leslie W., recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Um, When you discover a prospect, find out all you can about him. And I'm I'm, I'm still, you know, I've been in program for a little over, um, almost eight years (laughs) But until I started listening to Vision, I really, I didn't didn't um, <clears throat> understand, you know, how to um, really properly apply these steps to my life. And I have discovered that, you know, being recovered, um, being newly recovered, um, you know, it's still still in the infancy stages you know I, I I make mistakes you know um when I talk to people sometimes I do talk too much <laughs> um surprisingly and I know that um and I get too excited you know I'm really passionate I'm passionate about this program and I have found so much joy and freedom in this in this 
in these steps and in this meeting that I just, I just, I just want to share it. I want to share it with the world. Um, but not everyone wants to get well and, and not everyone believes that they are sick and not everyone that I talk to is going to be the type of, of compulsive ear that I am of my type. And so, you know, I'm learning, I'm learning through these instructions and I'm learning through listening to all of you that it's, it's more important for me to investigate instead of evangelize when I'm talking to a newcomer. And, um, you know, I'm by nature, my personality is, 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 you know, is to push is to, um, I'm, you know, is, 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 it's evangelize. It's, you know, talk, it's preach, it's all those things, especially when I'm excited or passionate about something, but not everyone wants to drink the Kool-Aid, you know? Um, and I need to just slow down, trust God, chill out and realize that, you know, this program is about service and it's about being helpful to others. Um, and I'm not being helpful to others by dragging them through um, and trying to force them to do things, trying to make them do things. You know, that's not my job. That's not what I should be doing with anybody in my life. And so, yeah, so this, this really speaks to me this morning. And I'm really glad that we're reading this. I, I truly needed to hear it, and uh, I, I needed to take I needed to take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit. And um, and I'll tell you something else. I I'm so excited. Thank you, Mara. I'm so excited to be coming to this convention. Y'all gonna have a lot of mamas up there without some children acting wild and crazy and going buck wild. So just so you know, pass. Thank you, Leslie W. Look forward to meeting you. Tina S., it is your turn, and you will be our last share for the day. Tina S., star one. Am I being heard? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Tina S., are you still wanting to share? Please press star one. Okay. Is there someone else that would like to share? Anna Kay. Anna Kay, please go ahead. Yes, I am Anna Kay. Thank you, everybody, for your service. I just want to say quickly, my experience, especially in vision initially, um, I went through a lot of people, not a lot, a number of people who I called and they said, okay, are you abstinent? Uh, and maybe I was or maybe I wasn't in that very moment or I wasn't for two or three days. Okay, call me in a day or two. That's what I got a, a couple of times. And um, I don't do that. It freaked me out. <laughs> I felt, oh, okay. Uh, and when I did get two of the sponsors I had gotten through Vision who said, okay, um, all right, talk to me tomorrow or what such and such day, you know, let's discuss what's red or light, you know, red or green light food, that kind of thing. I, I wasn't left. And I understand everybody has a different way 
But I just wanted to say, you know, that helped me not to say, okay, call me in a couple of days when you're abstinent. And uh, that's all I have to share. Thank you, everybody. I love the program. I appreciate everybody. Thank you. Thank you on the line. Bye. Thank you, Anna Kay. We still have two minutes left if there's someone out there with a, a two-minute share. Hi, it's Penny C. Penny C, two minutes. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I can do that. Thank you. Thank you, Maura. I'm Penny C, recovered compulsive overreader from the Boston area. And the only thing I wanted to share on these paragraphs that hasn't already been said is that the um, where it says, get a sense of their religious leanings. And uh, just a a way that I found successful in doing that is if someone asks, new to me, I say, what do you call your higher power? And that is, then then the person usually goes right into, you know, what their religious or spiritual experiences have been. And uh, it's, 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 it's a wonderful way for me to get to that knowledge about them. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny C. Okay. Um, we have two minutes left, and I'm going to go ahead and take it, and I don't usually do that. But this is more Z recovered in Virginia. <clears throat> if there is any indication that he wants to stop, have a good talk with the person most interested in him. As others have shared, I don't do that. Um, I I completely understand how that worked back in 1939, um, how it most likely continues today. I'm not sure. I can't speak to that fellowship. But it it doesn't often work that way in in Overeaters Anonymous. Um, But I do find out when someone calls me, and my phone exploded last week when I announced I had availability, um, which was fabulous, by the way. Um, I do find out how willing they are. How desperate are they? Do they have the gift of desperation? Um, If they are, as one person told me, you know, um, I just want to fit this into my life. I have a very busy life, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I asked her, do you think you're a compulsive overeater? And she said, oh, yes, absolutely. I said, okay, and are you willing to, you know, follow directions, work the 12 steps? Oh, absolutely. But I can't do it this day and this day and this day. Okay. So what I had I had suggested to her was that um, she take a look at what it was she needed. I asked her to pray on it, and I asked her to make a couple of more calls. And I asked her, then give me a call back. Um, when she's spoken to some others, and I never heard back from her. Um, and my assumption at that point was either I was off-putting to her or she decided she was not willing to do the work. Um, and that's that's very key for this program. We have to be willing to do the work. And with that, it is 7.55, and it is time to end the meeting. Excuse me, end the sharing part of the meeting. Um, Thank you to everyone who shared amazing stuff this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study following close. Mute yourself. Thank you. Today's share ID is 10365. 
10,365. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Mary B. please read a vision? Be glad to, Mara. This is Mary B., compulsive eater, food addict, gratefully recovered, Central California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.